Good morning and welcome to St James's Church. My name is Reverend Steve Taylor, one of the vicars here, uh, and I'm really glad you've been able to find us. I don't know if you're listening um, as part of our online service through the church website uh, or whether you found our landline uh, and you listen to this on your phone. Uh, either way, you're very welcome. Um, but so that you have the context, you understand what it is I'm talking about, uh, I'm going to read the two Bible readings. Uh, and then I'm going to pray, and then we'll have a think about what these readings might mean for us. So our first reading is Acts uh, chapter 2, verses 42 to 47, uh, and this is uh, Luke describing uh, how the early church worked, how what they did, what their day-to-day practice was, um, in his book describing what the apostles did after the death and resurrection and ascension of Jesus uh, and how they went on to build the church uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit. So Acts 2 from verse 42. They all gave full attention to the teaching of the apostles and to the common life, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Great awe fell on everyone and many remarkable deeds and signs were performed by the apostles. All of those who believed came together and held everything in common. They sold their possessions and belongings and divided them up to everyone in proportion to their various needs. Day by day they were all together attending the temple. They broke bread in their various houses and ate their food with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and standing in favour with all the people. And every day the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. That is our Acts reading. Uh, So our Gospel reading is from the Gospel of John. And this is Jesus um, speaking uh, to uh, a group of people and using, trying to use different images to explain who he is and what he has come to do. So John chapter 10, verses 1 to 10. I'm telling you the solemn truth said Jesus. Anyone who doesn't come into the sheepfold by the gate, but gets in by some other way, is a thief and a brigand. But the one who comes in through the gate is the sheep's own shepherd. The doorkeeper will open up for him and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all that belong to him, he goes on ahead of them. The sheep follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger, Instead, they will run away from him because they don't know the stranger's voice. Jesus spoke this parable to them, but they didn't understand what it was he was saying to them. So he spoke to them again. I'm telling you the solemn truth, he said. I am the gate of the sheep. All the people who came before me were thieves and brigands, but the sheep didn't listen to them. I am the gate. If anyone comes in by me, they will be safe and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief only comes to steal and kill and destroy. I came so that they could have life, yes, and have it full to overflowing. Let's pray and ask God to speak to us. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, and we pray that you fill us again with your Holy Spirit, wherever we may be, we might hear your voice speaking to us through your holy word. We ask this in Jesus' name. 
Amen. So we're going to talk about the Acts reading and the Gospel reading uh, in turn, but let's start by looking at the Acts reading. I don't know about you, this is, if this is a prescription for church life, if this is the uh, the plan set down from the very beginning, uh, let's have a look at what the church did. Well, they gave full attention to t- the teaching of the apostles and to their common life, to the breaking of bread and to prayers. They came together, they held everything in common. Day by day, they were all together attending the temple. They broke bread in their various houses and ate their food with glad and sincere hearts. I don't mean to be flippant, but my first thought was that while the early church clearly wasn't living in lockdown, um, there is such an emphasis on coming together, on eating together. They met daily in the temple. Uh, There were all these things that the relationships between them are clearly so strong and so important. Uh, And it feels almost cruel to look at this as a church today because uh, so much of this is beyond us right now. That we can't meet together daily. We can't eat in each other's homes. Uh, We can't break bread together. We don't have communion at the moment. So what does this mean for us? How do we uh, hear God through this particular passage? Well, if I can leave that question hanging there, let's stop and move to our gospel reading for a second. And then I promise we will come back to the book of Acts. So uh, you have Jesus in John chapter 10. Um And he has just had a big argument with the Pharisees. Uh, He has healed a man who was uh, blind. And this man is very happy about this. But then there's a big discussion about uh, who healed him, about who has power to heal. And this man is thrown out of the temple uh, because he's talking about Jesus. Because he's saying that it's Jesus that did this, it's Jesus who has power And so he seems a threat to the authorities and and they they get rid of him. And so in this context, where someone has received healing from God and has seen who Jesus is, Jesus speaks to the Pharisees who have thrown the man out of their worship services. And he says, I'm telling you the solemn truth. Anyone who doesn't come into the sheepfold by the gate but gets in some other way as a thief and a brigand. Now, it's quite strong language, um, but Jesus is setting himself apart from the religious leaders of the day. We know at various points that he speaks harshly to them about the way that they uh, have created rules, the way they've created regulations, the way that they have excluded people uh, from worship in their efforts to remain pure and holy, uh, they've become rigid and cold and unfeeling. And so Jesus says, look, the the sheep are there and the sheep follow the shepherd. The sheep recognise the shepherd's voice. Now, Israel, the people of God, are described throughout the Bible as God's sheep. 
Uh, God talks about caring for them, protecting them, um, about leading them into pasture. I mean, Psalm 23 is um, so famous. We talk about the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Um, And so Jesus is talking in a parable that they know. And actually, it's an image that is all around them. They they would have all seen shepherds um, very regularly. They knew about well, how sheep were looked after. Everyone had sheep in their family if they were wealthy enough. Um, and so Jesus is using something they know and saying, look, God calls his people and his people follow when they hear his voice. But what you people have been saying has not been God's voice. It's not been God's call and that's why there are all these people on the outside. Now, Jesus' continual uh, conflict with the religious leaders is that people followed Jesus. People flocked to hear him. People marveled at him and shared stories of the miracles he did, the healings he performed, uh, the teaching that he shared, which seemed to have an authority that those who had studied the law uh, didn't have. And so therefore he was a threat to those who had power, who had authority. And this blind man was one of those who had uh, received from God, who had heard something in Jesus' voice. And he went, that is good, that is godly, and I want it. And he had followed, and he had received, and he had praised God, and then the rest of the religious establishment had gone, no, 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 that's not how it goes. That's not how it works. You will not do that here. And so Jesus in this is just saying, look, my sheep know me. And if you are not coming through me, then actually you are taking away from who, from what God is doing. You are, you are looking to hurt the sheep. You are looking to meet your own needs uh, and not the needs of the sheep and those who God has, has chosen, those God is looking after. So it, it's... In the context, these words from Jesus are really quite harsh. We read them as comforting because we read them as the sheep. We put ourselves in the place of those who are hearing Jesus' voice, hearing the voice of the shepherd and who are following uh, and trusting him and running away from a voice which is not the shepherd. Uh, I think the warning here is that if we are not careful... Uh, in the way that we guide others or um, instruct others, actually we can deflect them from hearing Jesus' voice. I think Jesus can be more inclusive and more compassionate uh, than we think and that we are comfortable with. But anyway, for us, um, the sheep follow Jesus because they know his voice and so you have this sense that uh, Jesus is aware that people are following he's aware that people are uh, responding to his word and um, they are the sheep of Israel they are God's people whereas the Pharisees seem to have this sense that it's the people who keep the rules the people who follow the rules best are God's people and the rest of them the lepers and the sinners and the tax collectors and whoever else they're in a different category 
you know, Jesus tells the parable about the, the tax collector and the Pharisee, where the tax collector says, dear God, have mercy on me. The Pharisee prays, thank you, God, that I'm not like him. Um, it is just, it's a constant theme from Jesus. So what does Jesus want for us? Well, Jesus says, I am the gate. If anyone comes in by me, they will be safe. They will go in and out and they will find pasture. I have come that they would have life. Yes, and have it full to overflowing. Now, again, this is a passage that we look at. Yeah, this is God breathed. This is, this is God's word. This is true. And yet in this moment of time, it is harder to believe. Uh, in the West, when we talk about abundance and abundant life, well, most things generally are abundant. Um, it was only really at the turn of the year that suddenly we started noticing uh, toilet rolls disappearing from the shelves. Uh, I think it was February was the first time that I went to uh, our local Sainsbury's and found the toilet roll aisle empty, the pasta aisle empty, the flour aisle empty. Um, suddenly there isn't such abundance. Suddenly we don't have what we need. Suddenly, actually, the whole idea of coming, going out and coming in is an issue. We are, we are in our homes. We are, if we are not key workers, we are in lockdown. But Jesus promised abundant life. So what does that mean? Well, it, it means that we have abundant life. Everything Jesus said is true. And so we have life in Jesus. We have eternal life. We have his Holy Spirit living in us. We are able to come into the presence of the creator of heaven and earth at any time of day or night. We have an abundance of spiritual blessings uh, that often we forget about when we're thinking about whether we have enough oven chips or loo roll or whatever else it might be for you. Jesus has given us everything that we need. Abundance doesn't necessarily mean more than enough material things. If it was, the church worldwide is not, has never, uh, as a whole, experienced that kind of abundance. But there's more to it than that, because our abundant life isn't just about us on our own in our homes, is it? Actually, you go back to Acts and we see this abundant life is a life that is meant to be lived in community. It's a life in relationship. It's life being part of a family, being the body of Christ joined together with those who are not like us, but who share our faith, who share our, uh, our worship share our belief in Jesus. And actually, as we join together with other people uh, in our worship of Jesus, we are, we are lifted above ourselves. We're lifted above our own narrow concerns for our, our own selfish needs. So the Acts reading shows us what, uh, what we are called to, which is just a depth of relationship with other Christians which isn't normal <laughs> which you wouldn't seek out unless there was something like Jesus pulling us together 
I mean, I, d I don't know what things are like in your family. I don't meet with my family every day. Um, I don't meet with my family every week, even before lockdown, possibly not even after lockdown. Um, but there is something about the joy for Christians at coming and meeting together that is different. And we're told to hold on to it. Uh, Paul, in his letters, writes, don't give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. This is the early church in the first flush of the joy of being God's people. And they worshipped together, they met together, they ate together. But we also know from Paul's letters that that, that can phase. And you can get fed up of meeting other people. You can become aware of their... Their preferences, which are not the same as your preferences, their irritating habits, um, the things that, that separate you, that make you different and distinct from them. I mean, you only need to look at the many denominations that there are in Alperton to see how easy it is for the church uh, not to want to meet altogether. But this is our calling. We are called to meet together, which is why um, we're trying the first Sunday of every month to meet together in what well, the minute we're using Zoom in a Zoom chat to see each other's faces, to hear each other's voices. It's why we meet online to pray at eight o'clock um, again, just to make that connection, to see each other, to pray for each other. Uh, it's why we started meeting uh, as congregations online using zoom so that we again we can pray together because together is somehow more abundant more life-giving more fulfilling than on our own uh, it's why we went and looking for a way of putting sermons on a landline um, so there's a way of, of drawing in those who don't have uh, computers who don't particularly enjoy trying to use the internet to find things uh, it's why we phone around and speak to our friends. It's why we call up. It's why we email. It's why we um, send uh, the funny things that we find on WhatsApp on to other people because we want that connection. We want to be close to each other. The key thing in all this is that during lockdown, suddenly the chance to be with people, it's more of an, it's more, what's the word? It's more vital, it's more immediate. We want to see people, we want to meet up. But actually, just meeting up isn't the whole thing. It's meeting up, but focused on Jesus. It's that thing of listening out for his voice and helping each other to do that. Uh, I said uh, earlier in the week as we prayed in the evening, I have found prayer harder in lockdown because for me, I regularly meet with other people to pray because I hear Jesus through other people in the way they pray. They pray things that I wouldn't. Uh, and Jesus highlights things for me that way. I see and hear things that I wouldn't think of by myself. I've missed praying with other people in the same room as other people. Now, Jesus is still with us. Jesus is still good. Jesus is still God. And he is still speaking. We can still hear him.
in lockdown in our homes. The challenge is to lift ourselves in the midst of everything that is going on for us and around us, to listen for his voice and to be committed to being his people, to being his family, to reaching out to one another, to share that joy, to bless one another, to seek God's kingdom together. So I I encourage you this week, each day, phone someone, write to someone, email someone. Let them know you're praying for them. Ask what else you can pray for. Ask them how they're getting on. Uh, Before you call someone, read your Bible and just ask God, is there anything in that bit that you're reading that is appropriate to them, that applies to their situation, to what they're going through? And it may be you don't share it, but it might help you understand what what God is saying uh, and how God wants to comfort the person you're calling. Our God is so good, but it's very easy to be closed off from that goodness, especially when we are cut off from our fellow Christians. So let's deliberately do stuff differently let's deliberately listen for the voice of our shepherd and let's deliberately try to meet together whether by phone by letter uh, or in our various online things we're doing as a church let's reach out let's be family and let's follow our shepherd together let's pray Jesus, thank you that you are a good shepherd. Thank you that you love us and you are always with us. We pray that you would help us this week to hear your voice. And we pray for your grace to be able to share that with one another. That you would lead us as your flock, as your family together. uh, And that you would inspire us with who we should call, who we can bless, who we can reach out to and how we can encourage them. Lord, we ask that your kingdom would come in us and through us. For your name's sake. Amen. Amen. Thank you all for listening. I pray you stay safe and know God with you this coming week.